to episode 36 of the While She Naps podcast. I'm Abby Glassenberg. Today, we're talking about having a polished web presence for your online business and blog with my guests, Ariane Folks and Alicia Paulson. Ariane Folks runs Aolydia, a web and graphic design studio that has been working with creative hand makers and designers since 2004, helping them put their best foot forward online. She started out doing client work on her own and now manages a team of 20 and spends her days improving processes, coming up with ideas, spreading the word about Aolydia, teaching and writing. Ariane, folks, welcome. Hi, Abby. I'm glad to be here today. Thanks for coming on the show. Alicia Paulson is a craft designer who develops original patterns and kits for embroidery, quilts, softies, bags, and crochet wear. She's the author of the wildly popular blog, Posey Gets Cozy. She lives with her husband and daughter in Portland, Oregon. Alicia Paulson, welcome. Thanks, Abby. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Alicia, I want to start with you. Your blog, Posey Gets Cozy, is a beautiful place to visit in so many respects. You're a wonderful photographer, and you take pictures of your daily life, the leaves on the trees, what's in your kitchen, what you're cooking, uh, what you're making, uh, your daughter playing with and wearing the things that you've made her and other things. Um, and each post kind of follows the basic format where you have 15 to 30 beautiful pictures all in a row. And then you have a few paragraphs of text that's sort of written almost like a personal journal style. And you post every couple of days and every post gets like dozens and dozens of comments. You have such a devoted following. So tell me about what motivates you because you've been blogging for a long time. And so what motivates you to keep blogging at Posey Gets Cozy? Like what role does it serve for you creatively? Uh, well, first of all, thank you very much for all those kind things. Um, let's see what motivates me is just the act of reflecting on what I'm doing, I guess. Um, I think the blog has stayed the same in a lot of ways over time and it's changed content wise, maybe not, not that much because my initial motivation is probably exactly the same as my current motivation. And that was just to slow down for a little while every day, or in this case, every, I mean, now it's more like every couple of days or every week and really reflect on what I've been doing and what I think about that, um, in just the most general way. So I don't really have any rules about what I blog about or what I take pictures of. And, um, I always, the blog, when I started, it was a place for me to just be completely free. And it has to be that in order for me to continue doing it. So I, I shy away from defining it as anything other than just, um, me doing whatever I feel like because <laughs> that's the only way it seems to work, uh, long-term. And I, I'm not sure you can do anything long-term unless your, your heart is in it. And so I feel like for me, the format, um, however it evolves or whatever I wind up talking about or, um, you know, however the, the content of it changes, it's always just a reflection of wherever I happen to be at that moment in time 
And that's, that's kind of all I ask of it as well. It's so interesting because I feel like all of the kind of blogging advice out there in some ways would tell you, oh, don't do that, you know? Um, and yet that's, I mean, number one, that's sort of the ticket to being able to keep going after all. I mean, when did you start Posey Gets Cozy? Yeah, I think it started um, in 2005 because I remember I had my store. I think we closed the store in 2006 and I was definitely doing it. I started it when I had my the second location of our store. And it's funny that you said that because I was looking, I was at Barnes and Noble a few weeks ago and I picked up a book um, or a magazine. I'm not even, I don't remember exactly what it was and it was blogging tips. Um, and I was reading it and I was just twitching and kind of shuddering. <laughs> <laughs> I never really read any of those. And I, I don't know that if I had read stuff like that when I started that I would have even, I mean, it just felt even reading the advice so overwhelming to me. That's not the advice, or I guess the general advice or the advice that I was reading, which was, you know, do it this way and do it that way and network. And, um, that's not the advice that I ever give to anybody. I always just say what I truly believe and what I say to myself, which is, this is a medium and it has a tremendous capacity to, for freedom. Um, it allows you to express yourself in several different kinds of ways, um, and several different, um, uh, what's the word? Like you can do it a lot. You can do it a little, you can do it how you want and you have to find what works for you so that it's truly, providing you the benefit of expression and freedom. And, um, that's different for everybody. Um, but I, to me, the most important thing is literally finding your own voice and your own avenue for expression and letting that be enough for you and letting it be what it is. And that takes time, you know, that's, that's a process and it's an evolution, but, um, I truly believe that's, you know, that's just good for your life. Absolutely. I think that is the best piece of blocking advice like you could ever get or give. I mean, that's it. That's number one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, absolutely. So in addition to your blog, you used to have a retail store. Now you have a store that lives online um, where you sell kits, beautiful kits for uh, crochet patterns and, or you sell patterns and kits as well. So you have crochet patterns, you have embroidery patterns, you have cross stitch patterns, and then you have kits for felt ornaments for softies. Um, so trace the history, I guess, for me of the product development, the online shop. Um, what was your first product and how did you sell it? Did you sell it on Etsy at first, or did you always have a shop that just lived on the blog? Oh, okay. So I'll, I'll make it fast. Cause I've been doing, um, I've been selling things online since 2000. Um, so 14 years and I had a website way back then. And originally my business started when I was offering custom embroidery services, which just sounds completely bizarre, but there it is. And I would commit, like people would commission me to do embroidery on pillowcases or jean jackets or whatever it was. And I had a website that showcased this handful of designs that I would put on your stuff. And I slowly, I quickly actually wasn't slow. Um, I very quickly found that I didn't enjoy doing custom work at all. So, um, I took the designs that I was 
doing uh, as custom work and turn them into a line of handmade products like um, embroidered lavender sachets and photo albums, like applique photo, felt photo album covers that I sold wholesale with a sales rep, um, with several sales reps who were uh, selling these products to boutiques, mostly up and down the West Coast. And so I had a lot of orders, but I still really was just working my tail off. And the price point on selling these things wholesale precluded me from really ever making a profit or making it worth it. Um, and then I had a product, one of those photo albums came out in Country Living Magazine. I don't remember when it was. I think it was like 2003, maybe four. Um, and so I started getting orders directly from customers and that seemed to work a lot better for me. Um, and when I opened my store, I only had it for a couple of years and it was just kind of a whim. It was a, I never really planned to do it. I kind of fell into it with a friend. This is your um, retail, your brick and mortar store. Yeah. My brick and mortar store was open from, I think it was like 2004 to 2006. Um, and I sold my own products there and we also started sourcing other indie, um, handmade designer products from Etsy was just getting going, but I was doing a lot of surfing of other people's websites online to find other people who were kind of doing what I was doing and selling wholesale. Um, and then we would sell those things in our store, but it was still pretty, the paradigm hadn't yet shifted to being able to support yourself by marketing your own work directly to your customers. So people were still really trying to figure out how to do wholesale um, and how to make that work within the larger marketplace, which is almost just, you know, impossible with the, the kind of price points that, you know, I think most of us were able to charge, which is like stuff under a hundred dollars. I mean, if you're hand making like beautiful furniture or something, you know, you're able to charge hundreds or thousands of dollars for something. I think it's a different kind of that's a, that's a different game, but, um, making things by hand piece by piece and not, outsourcing, um, your work or, or whatever it is. I, I just, I did that for several years and it just was kind of exhausting. And I was lucky enough to sort of be exhausted at the same time that the larger paradigm I think was shifting to Etsy and other, um, you know, blogs were just getting going and website, uh, individual websites were, um, not so strange, um, as they were even in 2000 when I started, so I, I wrote a couple of books after that, which took a lot of time and energy and put most of my design, like energy and imagination into those books. But it quickly became apparent to me that if I was actually going to make a living doing it, then I needed to just be able to, um, sell my work, not even as a finished product, but try to find a way to reproduce the ideas easily and make them accessible to people, um, in a, you know, at a bigger scope than just sort of like sewing every single night and mailing individual, you know, finished items to people. Um, so I had always had a website throughout that entire time, but once I finished my books, I really decided that my focus was going to be, um, only on, the website and developing patterns and kits that I could 
make lots of more easily than I could make lots of individual handbags or individual dolls or whatever it was. Okay. So now it's a couple of years into it. What does your sort of production look like of, I mean, so do you have a studio outside of your home? Are you still working at home? And do you have helpers or do you have assistants who come and work with you or work for you to get all the kits packed and shipped? I mean, I know that's a, it's a big job. Yeah. So I still work at home. I have a home studio here. It's a dedicated room um, with all of my stuff in it. We also like this, this business just is so bulky. There is so much stuff, (laughs) physical stuff involved that we're really outgrowing. um, You know, I'm toying with the idea of moving some things out of this house because it's really kind of taken up almost all of our basement and half of the first floor of our house, just sort of managing all the parts and pieces that it takes to put our kids together. I have an assistant that works here part-time. She comes several times a week. She packs and ships um, all of the orders. She handles all of the all of the shipping completely. I, I almost don't even... I have almost nothing to do with it anymore other than that I handle all of the... If there are any problems, if people get the wrong kid, if something gets lost, if they change their mind, whatever, I still... Um, deal with all of the email that comes in, but she really handles the day-to-day functioning of all the shipping. Um, We, this year, started outsourcing the cutting of all of the pieces of fabric that go into the kit. So the felt, if we're talking about ornament kits and um, softy kits, gets cut by the manufacturer. When the quantities are big enough, they will do that, and it it makes sense to do that economically. And we have a local factory, basically. It's um, called, uh, oh dear, Spool Town. Spool Town is a production factory run by these two really awesome women. It's only four or five years old, I think. I'm not totally sure about that, but um, it's new to me in the past couple of years. They produce... Um, all all sorts of things for indie designers all over the country, in fact, but they can do really small quantities. They can do big quantities. They have giant cutting machines. They have tons of sewers. They have, um, they have the means and the square footage to be able to handle, um, you know, they pull, for instance, all of our embroidery floss. So we set up dozens of giant embroidery cones and they get a bunch of people around a table to pull all of this floss, like thousands of packages of floss in a day. Um, whereas that kind of thing would take, would have taken us months to do, um, one by one, literally. So they cut all of our fabric for us and they pull all of the embroidery floss. Um, and it's literally down the street from my house. It's like a couple of miles away. So it's just an, an awesome resource for me. And, um, I'm super glad that they exist. Cause I don't know, I don't know how many, I don't know how many companies are actually like they are in that they'll take on small, small fries like me, um, and do what I need in an affordable price in a really fast turnaround time. That's amazing. Wow. That is so yeah. cool. <laughs> They're yeah. really cool. And so they give us everything back and then um, my assistant and then occasionally we hire a couple other people just temporarily when things are really busy. She still assembles all of the kits. So like she'll stuff all the envelopes with the color, um, 
copies of the pattern, the black and white templates, all the fabric, all the floss, all the ribbons, all the sequins, whatever else goes into the kit. She um, packages all that stuff up. Okay. All right. So you've got this kind of, you know, it's a, it's a cottage industry business, but it's a good business going. Um, and you've got this blog and everything's kind of sold, um, you know, via the blog's e-commerce portion like that. That's where all of the business takes place. Am I, am I right about that? Um, the blog kind of links out to the website actually. Like, yeah. So I, um, usually show people what I'm working on, on the blog and, um, and, and that's, I, I don't have a, I do have a newsletter subscription service, but I haven't actually done a newsletter yet. Um, so the way that people find out about what I'm doing is to yes, read the blog. Okay. All right. So, um, so your original blog way back when, when you started Posey Gets Cozy, um, was on TypePad. You're still on TypePad and it was designed with a TypePad template and you did it yourself. Am I right about that? Like you kind of figured out how you wanted it to be laid out and you, you know, use TypePad's tools to make it. Um, and that kind of basic design was your design until you started to work with Aolydia recently. Yes. Okay. And so it had been a long time, um, with that same design and a lot had changed and grown. I mean, your readership, I'm sure grew your business grew. So when did you begin to feel like, you know, I think I need something new, like new branding. I need a a new design here. I need some help with making the e-commerce site better. When did that sort of itch begin? A long, long time before I actually got any help. <laughs> um, I mean, it was just such a jerry-rigged system, and I was just constant. You know, I felt like I was slapping balls at the net all the time. You know, I would just volley back um, and try to manhandle the HTML um, as it was possible for me, which is not very possible um, to make the blog and my old website do what I needed it to do. But in retrospect, I mean, I just, um, can hardly believe that as, or that we sort of, um, that we survived as long as we did with as dysfunctional, uh, machine as especially the old website. Um, and even old blog was, I just didn't know how to do better. And I, it wasn't so much a matter of money. It was more a matter of having the time to, figure out what to do. I just didn't even really know where to start. Okay. And what were you using as a shopping cart? Um, uh, PayPal, I think just PayPal. Yeah. Okay. Yep. All right, cool. All right. So you, you kind of must've hit though a point where you're just like, I'm going to reach out and find someone to do this, to tackle this problem. There must've been sort of like, a straw that broke, broke the camel's back that made you feel like, all right, now, now is the moment. Yeah, there must have been, I don't remember exactly what it was. I remember our, one of our biggest, um, issues was that it was really hard to maintain correct inventory numbers. Uh, Oh, I know. And so then somebody must've recommended Shopify at some point because I did build a Shopify site with the help of Shopify and, um, whatever the name of the company was that developed the template that I wound up purchasing. I can't think of it offhand. So I had a Shopify site 
for, uh, uh-oh, maybe a year or maybe two before I contacted A.O. Lydia. And it was lovely compared to what I had been doing before with PayPal. I'm sorry, I forgot about Shopify was in there between A.O. Lydia and just straight on PayPal buttons. Um, so I did get my feet wet with Shopify and I was loving the function of it. I didn't love my design. Um, it was the best that I can do, could do. And that's not saying that much. It, I had a vision for it that, uh, wasn't, it still didn't look and feel the way that I really wanted it to look and feel. So I was frustrated that I just couldn't do any better than that. Um, even though once we got into Shopify, the function, uh, and how things were running was, and, and we also started using ShipStation, um, which is an app that helps us with our shipping. So those two things were super life-changing. And then um, I felt like I, it was all, it was all going to be possible. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. You got a glimpse into, Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. This could be easier and more yeah. fine-tuned and um, better for inventory management, better for shipping, um, and so how did you hear about Aolydia? Did you look, did you get multiple estimates or did you just hone in on them? I think I just honed in on them. I think I went to the Shopify, um, you went to the Shopify experts directory. Yeah. Tell me what I did. Cause I, I, I think talked to the woman with the worst memory on right. earth. Um, okay. No, there's a, yeah, I was just going to say there's a section of Shopify, I think that helps people with these kinds of questions. Right. And you seem to have, you just wanted, you wanted some tweaks or adjustments to some functionality and we normally don't do. Oh yeah. Oh, that's right. But I was like, wait, it's Posey. I thought, sure, we'll help Posey out. So so we just did some little bits and pieces for you. I did need something tweaked um, on my existing Shopify site that I couldn't, I couldn't figure out how to do. That's right. And so I contacted A.O. Lydia and they very kindly helped me very quickly and made it, you know, it was just sort of like I asked and then they did it. And I just wasn't used to that. <laughs> All right. So you had some tweaks done, but then you actually had everything done. So um, you maybe were you just like super impressed and started looking around and being like, hey, what else could I do? Probably. Yeah. I think like, you know, and I think... um I think Ariane, we or Ariane, we started talking. I might have nudged you a little. It, it I might have suggested it. Of the year, like after the new year, it was sort of like, okay, new year. We're supposed to do new things now. It's time to um, mm-hmm. get organized and start, um, you know, making these changes that I've been wanting to make for a while. And also, my daughter was getting. She was, you know, a year in October of 2013, and so life. I could see a little bit of a light at the end of the tunnel and it was, but you also like what, you know, when you have a, a, an infant and then a small baby, your life is kind of, it's so chaotic that you feel like if you like, and I was ready to ask anybody for help mm-hmm. wherever I could get it. So that was sort of part of it too. It was like, 
oh, okay, so now I'm very clear about what I'm able to do and what I'm not able to do. Yes, I had the exact same experience when my second baby got to be about a year old and started sleeping. I was like, here we go. We're going to make business happen and we're going to get help. Yeah, and so if you do see like any moments of freedom in your in your future, I definitely wanted those for myself and um, had like gotten more practiced at asking for uh, or at finding resources to help me do the things that I absolutely didn't have to be the only one on earth who could do, you know. And, and it turns out there are many, 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 many of those things um, out there for me to find help with. So. Um, so I did that very easily, actually. That's one of the wonderful gifts of children that you don't realize until you have children. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely true. So, okay. So Arianne, we're going to turn to you. So when, um, when someone like comes to you and says, you know, I want to, I want to get my website and my e-commerce shop kind of in branding and just get it all kind of professionally designed and done. Take us through the process. Like what, what are the first steps that you guide them through and kind of what happens next? How does it all work? First, we send people through a questionnaire, which I try to make as painless as possible, but we also want to make sure that we're making the right decision for people. So it has a lot of stuff in there about maybe it seems more broad than people would expect, but we ask, you know, what their business is about, what's unique about it, who their target customer is, and then we're very interested in what their goals and objectives are with the site. We ask people, how will you know if what we've done has been a success? Because for a long time, when we first started out, we would just kind of do what people asked us to do and then go, I hope that worked, and a lot of times it didn't. And so now we, we make sure that we know what they're trying to get out of it. And sometimes people don't know until we ask the questions. So that is a good way for people to just sort of evaluate why they've contacted us, what they want to happen, how they'll know if they got what they asked for. So we ask about objectives, goals. Um, and then after we, after we get that one, which is more broad, we will we'll just read everything over and make sure it seems like a good fit because we don't want to just make a website for somebody if we don't think it's going to help them or help them move on or maybe they're at the wrong stage to be doing that. So sometimes we will actually suggest an alternative solution at that point instead of going ahead with the whole project. But usually we'll go ahead and then we have another group of questions that's more about the technical stuff you would expect, like how the site should work and everything. And then we put together a custom proposal for each client, and these are all completely individual because everybody needs different stuff. So that, that takes us a while to get all put together. And it's, um, it's a PDF, and then they get to look over everything that they're going to get and what our goal is and how we plan to fix the challenges that they're currently having. And, of course, it's got the pricing and all the features laid out and everything. And then if they decide to go ahead from there... Then we, a lot of what we do is online, and we all, the whole team lives in different places. We've got people in Philadelphia, Austin, I'm in Seattle, and my husband's in Seattle. Um, We have someone in Vancouver, B.C., we have an Australian. (laughs) So we have to do it online. We can't all sit together in a conference room together. So we use the Basecamp project management software, which gives you, like, milestones and a calendar, and it's got to-do lists and places where we can chat about stuff and places to upload files and all that good business. And we've been realizing recently that it seems kind of cold and, I don't know, like the email thing is kind of 
old and distant and it's hard for people to feel trusting. So we've been doing like startup phone calls and we're available by phone anytime people need to talk. And we've just put together this really awesome welcome kit that I'm super excited to be sending out. It's almost, almost done. But um, it's like a nice box that's got some little gifts and uh, it's got some notes and explanations of how things work and we've printed up a beautiful manifesto and we try and give people the feeling that it is like a warm personal experience even though you have to do it on a computer. <laughs> so um, yeah, then we just chat online in Basecamp and we make things happen and they start adding their content to the site while we're building it and the whole thing is very collaborative all the way through. Most of our clients are designers of some type. Like, they might not be graphic or web designers, but they certainly design something, and so they're all quite particular about how things should look and how things should work, and we love that kind of client. So we certainly, we collaborate very closely the whole way through. So they're hearing from us all the time, and they've got notes and to-dos and dates, and it's, it's a whole process. At least I'll have to tell you if it's stressful or not. <laughs> it's a whole process, but we get it done. Okay. Um, so let's just talk first about two things that you mentioned. One is the stage. So sometimes you said people come to you and say, I want, you know, you to redesign my branding or redesign my site. Um, and you, you have them fill out the questionnaire and then you realize that they're not at the right stage to do this. So what stage of an online business do you feel is the right stage to hire a professional like the professionals who work for Aolydia to create a custom blog design or a custom e-commerce shop or branding and or logo design and that sort of thing. Like when is the right time? Is it something you should do before you launch your blog? Is it something you should do, you know, after you've reached a certain milestone financially or audience size, or is it just something you should do when you want to? I mean, when is, when is the right moment? I think I've been thinking about this. Actually, I think about this all the time. I have a blog post that I send people to when they're trying to decide if they're ready or not that is specifically about if you're ready to hire Aelidia. Um, I think the most important thing to know if you're ready is, I don't, I was going to say you have to wait for your brand to mature a bit, but I don't know if it needs to be mature, but you need to have an idea of what your brand is all about and have a plan and some experience. Because I feel like the first few years, I mean, it's different. The amount of time is different for everyone, but the start of a business is a time where you're experimenting, you're seeing what works, what you like doing, what you don't like doing, what your customers want to buy, what maybe you thought was really cool but nobody's really interested in but you. And if you try and pin everything down perfectly before you've kind of thrown a few things to the wall to see if they stick, you might find that you have to change a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. So if, I, if somebody comes to me and I feel like they're still in a very experimental phase or they're unsure who they're trying to sell to or they haven't really decided which of their product lines they want to pursue, it kind of seems like a crazy waste of money to throw a whole bunch of money into like a new logo and a website if maybe next year you're going to be doing something totally different. Mm -hmm. So I think the most important thing is just to make sure you feel fairly confident and ready. And that's something that only you will know. And I mean, you know, you might think you're confident and ready and then change your mind later, but it's good to have a pretty good feeling from the start. And then the other thing I tell people, a lot of people think that a website is going to be like, a, if you get this professional Aolidia designed website, like success will follow. But I like to think of a website as a tool. It's not a solution necessarily. It's something you can use to 
to get what you want, but it's not going to make things happen. So a website is not going to magically increase your sales unless your original website was so terrible that people couldn't purchase from you or just didn't want to. A brand new redesigned website is not going to instantly double your traffic if you don't do anything different. So if you have 50 people visiting your site a day and we redesign your website, you're still going to have 50 people visiting it a day. So it's not a magic bullet there. And you're not going to instantly start getting pressed with your fancy new website. Although, of course, you can use the fancy new website to ask people to write about you and promote your stuff. So I like to tell people that the website is going to help with confidence, which is both your own confidence in your business, because now it finally looks the way you've been imagining, and it's presenting what you do correctly. You know, if you, if you like, try and go to a fancy theme and you've got your sweatpants on, you're not going to feel confident there, right? So it helps you feel confident if you look the way that you want to look, and it's going to help your customers feel confident shopping, because if your website looks amateur or confusing, they're going to scoot on out of there, but if it looks really pro, they're going to feel fine purchasing. And we also, we try to make things easier. Like Alicia was talking about with ShipStation and other apps she uses that suddenly make things seem manageable. We work with a lot of clients who've hit a point where they're, they feel like they're at their max capacity and something's got to give, and there are a lot of ways that we can create a website that will make all the back-end stuff easier and quicker and give them more time to go back to making the stuff that they want to make. Um, yeah. So before we move on to my second piece, um, I wanted to turn back to you, Alicia and ask you, did you get that sense of confidence? Was there an emotional shift that, um, that happened after your site, your new site launched? Totally. It was such, I, it just, I felt so relieved. I was so thrilled with the design and, uh, and particularly the new logo, um, I loved that process so much and I got so much energy and was so inspired by, uh, working with Mariah and just kind of going through, and it was so collaborative between the two of us that I felt like it was, a, a dream that I had that I could never have manifested on my own. And that was just such a great experience. And I felt like with her help, um, the logo that she came up with, which inspired, you know, the design of everything else, you know, I, I, I just felt like there was, I don't know, there, there was just this nice, finished, polished, pretty, um, wonderful logo that reflected what my dream for the business was that I didn't even really know I had until I saw it. And that, that's just kind of reinvigorated me. Not that I was, you know, not excited about it, but, um, but it was the right time for all of the things that Posey had become to be reflected in the logo design. And I felt like they just nailed it. And it's, it's, it's been great ever since I've, I feel totally proud of and confident in my design now. And I feel like it truly reflects the things that I care about and the kinds of things that I'm trying to achieve design wise. Yeah. I was just going to say that's such a valuable feeling and it's sometimes something that you don't even expect 
is going to happen until after it's all over and there it is. And then you just feel this wonderful sense of confidence like you described. So, so, um, my second corollary question, um, Ariane for you was about costs. So another piece of this is that getting a new website is not free. This we're talking about a lot of work here, building the back end, um, doing the artwork. I mean, there's a lot that goes into this, doing these, getting these apps up and running. Um, so when, uh, when you go to get, you know, e- even if you're just getting a new logo all the way up to getting a whole new site built for you, um, you have to have some money to put behind it. So give us a sense of what it costs um, to do this. Well, that's a big part of it, too. If somebody comes to me and they're pretty early in the process and they're trying to figure out what to do, I certainly don't want to blow all their valuable business budget on a website when they could be using it to build their business. Um, We have a lot of different things we do. So I was saying um, earlier that uh, before we got started here that when you ask what does a website cost, that's similar to asking what does a car cost or what does a house cost? Because there's a lot of different things we can do. So there's no just straight-up number. But most of the businesses who've reached the level that Alicia has where they feel like they're at max capacity and they really need something that's going to work for them and maybe it's got a bunch of custom features and they're getting extra stuff done like the logo. or We also do, we do copywriting and product photography. So we all kind of roll everything together so you have your content and your website and everything ready to go. Most of those projects where we're doing the whole shebang for you are in the $10,000 to $20,000 range. Although I'm very excited to say that in this last week, we have come up with a way to help out people who are just starting out and they're trying to get something going on a budget. So what we are doing right now is something I'm calling a guided Shopify setup where we will, instead of creating a custom site from scratch for you, we are um, starting with a theme from the theme store And then we are customizing it with your logo and your brand colors and fonts and making it look more like you. And we're helping people with all the confusing stuff that goes into starting an e-commerce site, like what do I do for my payment gateway? How do I set up shipping? Are there apps that I'm going to need? How am I going to get my email going or get my domain name pointed to the site? So we are kind of doing a sort of hand-holding starter service. So people who've got a good idea and a good product but not the money to have a whole big fancy custom site can get started and then have, you know, they've got a good place where they can build on it. If they want to redesign later, as they get more successful, they're on a good platform and they're all ready to go. So I'm super excited about having a budget option for the first time in, I don't know, six years. Right. Okay. That's awesome. Um, and the nice thing about that is you're not putting good money after bad. In other words, you're not sort of jerry-rigging together a website using PayPal buttons or, you know, e-junkie or kind of just your own coding and then um, putting, you know, hundreds of hours and figuring out how to make it work. And then yeah. only to later have a really successful product and need and want a more professional look and having to move everything to another platform. Whereas Shopify is one of those platforms that's excellent and you can start there. And if you start there and you, you can continue to be there and you can, it can really grow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It can grow with you. And, um, the thing that frustrates me so much is when somebody writes me and they're like, Oh, can you help me? I've been working with another developer or like, I don't know, my brother-in-law has been putting a site together. And then they're on just 
some terrible platform that barely works for them. I guess I won't name names, <laughs> but they're just like, I already spent like $8,000, so I can't spend any more. So they feel like they're stuck continuing to work on this platform that's just making things harder for them and making things take longer. But they feel like since they paid, they're now right. trapped there. <laughs> right. Absolutely. And Alicia, when you first found out like sort of the cost and got the cost estimate for your site, what was your first reaction? Were you like, oh my gosh, it's too expensive? Or you were like, well, might be worth it. I mean, how, and you were at this point in your life where you're like, I need help. I want help. I don't want to spend my time doing this. And I probably can't do it as well as the professionals anyway. So I'm ready to accept that. But did, did it seem worth it to you right away? Or did it take you some time to kind of digest? Uh, no, it seemed worth it to me right away. I um, one of my best friends is a web developer. So I had a sense of what these things cost and how much work went into it. In fact, she'd been helping me for years, um, sort of do my own websites. And, you know, when you first start your business, you have to learn how to do so many things that are related to being in a creative business, but that you don't find creative or easy or fun at all. And so one of those things for me has always been um, working with the computer. And so to me, it was, it was worth every single penny. It was for as long as I didn't hire it out. Um, it was more that I just didn't have time and I didn't know where to even start looking because as, as Ariane said, I, um, I didn't want to invest in something that wasn't going to be exactly what I wanted. And so I think that was more why I put it off for so long. Uh, cause I knew that once I finally committed to doing it, it, I really wanted it to be perfect. <laughs> I felt like I had, you know, struggled. Um, and as long as it was my own jerry rigging, I felt like, you know, I could live with it, but, um, I, I just wanted to make sure that when I finally did take the plunge that um, I got exactly what I wanted. And I'm happy to say that I definitely did. But that was more my hesitation. It was kind of like, you know, I really want to make sure that if I'm going to invest in this, it is exactly what I want it to be. And I mean, you have such a, a devoted following when you showed it to them. Was there any fear on your part about, you know, these are people who have potentially been reading my blog for eight years and have gotten to know it. And it's one look, um, using this single, you know, this one template this whole time. And now, you know, the logo is different. The colors are different. The font is different. Everything is different. It's still me. I'm still here. Same photo, same daughter, same house. But, um, but it's like the setting is different. So, um, I don't know, just talk a little bit about that, sort of presenting it to them and their reaction. And, and did that at all sort of worry you while you were working with Aolidia to redesign it? I didn't have any fear about it at all. I I was nothing but completely excited. I think some people just have a hard time with change. And, you know, everybody's got their opinion about what they like and what they think something should be. And, and I think, you know, when you're a blogger and you've been around for a while, people do start to develop. Um, I think sometimes that maybe people think I like things that I don't actually like, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> or they're surprised by the things that they find out I actually like. I don't know. I, it's just funny because I've gotten, you know, 
um, people send me links or ideas or suggestions or, you know, stuff like that all the time. And I always think, gosh, this is funny. This is not, um, necessarily what I am interested in or what I would think someone would think that I would like. So I was kind of, you know, I'm okay with all of that. So I was so excited about the redesign and the logo and and everything, um, the colors, everything. I just was so happy with that. Um, you know, I, I had no fear putting it out there. I think that when you do, you know, when you do make, and it was a huge change. I mean, it was definitely completely different than the look that I had. And, and also the look, you know, just changing a logo, um, is a massive shift because you're associated with a particular image and suddenly that image disappears and there's a whole new image. Um, just even in terms of logo, you know, I think it takes some getting used to and, I think people were a little bit emotional. I was a little bit surprised that people were emotional about the old stuff, which I couldn't wait to get rid of. Like I I had no emotional attachment to it at all. I was just like ready to run um, into the new design, like take a big, a big plunge head first. I had no, I had no attachment to any of the old stuff. So that, that did surprise me a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, the key part of your blog and of any blog really is your voice and your eye and all of that remains. And so even if the colors change and the logo changes, you're still there. And so I imagine, you know, yes, it takes some time and maybe you don't love it, but if you love Alicia, you're back, you know, <laughs> you're back. Um, you know, that a faithful reader will definitely stick with it. And I'm sure a huge number of your readers actually loved it and were you know, totally with there with you. Yeah. I think overwhelmingly the response was super positive and I was really happy about that. I mean, you know, I'm, you know, I, I tried to respond to people's concerns in terms of readability or, you know, just different function functionality issues for sure. Um, but just in terms of like personal preference or design aesthetic, or I like this color better than this color, whatever. Um, you know, I think you just have to be confident in what you like and it has to make you really happy. Um, and it's, you can, if you read through the responses and, you know, I have to say, so I went to graduate school in creative writing. So part of my history is suffering through years and years of writing workshops where you you put stuff out there and someone will like rip it in half into a million pieces actually right in front of your face and tell you that it stinks and, you know, throw it in the garbage can. And you kind of develop a thick skin after, um, after going through, you know, those experiences, but you also learn that, you know, people in this people reading the same story, let's just say in the same room can have, wildly different opinions about what you've just done and what you should do with it. And so, and, and it's, it can be a little bit challenging to ride that wave. You know, you can really go up and down sort of trying to make everybody happy or respond to, um, different suggestions that can give you whiplash back and forth. And so I I think it's important though, to not be too sensitive, um, and not be too influenced by, uh, 
people's responses to, to anything that you do. If you feel good about it and it's made you happy and you feel like it's reflective of who you are and what your intentions are, then, um, you know, you just, you just have to stand by that. And, um, that's the only way that you're going to be able to, cause you have to live with it. I mean, it's your thing. Yeah. And also I feel like that, that confidence and leadership, um, is attractive too to people to know that you're uh, confident in your vision and your aesthetic and what you want. And it may not be exactly matched to theirs, but it's yours and they know that. And I think that that is actually a positive trait to reflect out to people. So, um, so Arianne, I want to just, um, last question for you before we jump into our recommendation lists, um, because you've got some great recommendations and I want to make sure we get to them, but what, um, sort of last word would you give to people about, um, about their web presence, like about what's important online when you're presenting yourself? Um, sort of what, what else do people kind of assume or, um, make the mistake of doing that you feel like, Hey, you know, what? <laughs> this mm-hmm. is actually important here. Well, like Alicia was just talking about, if you try to please everybody, you're going to end up pleasing nobody, right? If she tried to make a site that all of her readers were going to like, it's going to be pretty bland and then nobody's going to like it. So what I think when you're thinking about your web presence and just everything that goes into your business, like if you're at a craft fair, you need to think about, about your booth display and your packaging if you're mailing stuff out to people, is it going to look good when they open it? All that kind of thing is you just want to think, first, you need to know what your business is about. Like we talked about, every business needs to have a unique selling point. You need to be different or people are not going to choose you because there's nothing to make a choice between if you're exactly the same as everybody else. And the most important thing about small business, especially a creative small business, is everything is about your story. So even if your website doesn't look perfect, there are a lot of things out there. There are so many tools now that make it so easy. When Alicia started, it was super hard. You had to have a nerdy friend like me, which is basically how I got started in the business. I was the nerdy friend. You have to have a nerdy friend who's going to make a website for you, or you're going to have to roll up your sleeves and learn HTML, and that was very daunting back then. But now pretty much anybody can just pop onto Shopify and set up a free trial account and grab a theme from the theme store, and they can be rolling, which is really awesome. So I think... If you don't feel like a graphic designer, what you should do is you should grab something that exists out there that's already working and then just don't tamper with it too much, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then just think about think about your story, like what is interesting and important about your business. You could take any boring website template and if you pop a beef into it like Alicia does or if you infuse your story into everything you do, people are going to see why it's interesting and they're not going to care so much about the exterior of the site or your budget for the logo or whatever. You just need to put your heart into it and make sure people understand that it's something that's important to you and it's something that's interesting. And then, you know, just always remember that everything is not about you. It's about your customer. So when your customer hits your website, they need to be feeling interested and inspired and understanding why your product is going to make their life better or make them feel happier or something like that. So just kind of looking outside of yourself and taking the point of view of somebody who's brand new to you, what's interesting about you, why should they be excited, and it's easy to project that onto whatever template you end up starting with if you really understand what it is your business is about. 
That is the best advice. Thank you so much. Um, I'm glad I asked. That was super. So, um, all right, we are going to jump into recommendations, um, because these are awesome. And Alicia, we're going to start with you and you wanted to talk about paprika app, which looks amazing. Oh, and I can't say too much about it because I just started using it. But my sister, who is a pastry chef, um, who sort of stays on top of this kind of stuff more than I does than I do, uh, she's the one who recommended it to me. And it's pretty cool because you can just um, <clears throat> add your online recipes basically to this app that helps you organize them and even put them in different categories. So if you have like chicken soup, you could actually add that to soup and add it to chicken. And it's just super user-friendly. And I'm hoping that it um, changes my, uh, I I really hope that it changes dinner time for our family. Mm. So this is an app um, you can get for iPhone. I don't know if it's for Android or not. I didn't check, but, and then there's also um, a bookmarklet that you can, uh, have on your browser, right? So when you're reading Smitten Kitchen or whatever is your favorite food blog and you find a recipe that you do want to make, you can add it just by sort of clicking kind of like a pin it button sort of deal, but it's just to add it to paprika. So it goes there. And then, you know, two months later or whatever, it's still in there for you to find. Mm-hmm. If you read a lot of recipes online and often click away and lose them, which is what happens to me because I get, I have three kids and I get interrupted while I'm reading. And so I end up losing them and, or I bookmark them and forget to go back. Um, you know, so this is a way to keep track of them all. So yeah, I use Paprika as well. It has this really cool feature that I haven't seen in any other app where you can take a recipe from any place, like as you said, Smitten Kitchen. And then when you're in Paprika, you can change the quantity you want. You can double a recipe or five and three quarters of recipe, and it will actually just kind of translate that text you got from the website into the new amount of cups and teaspoons that you will need. Oh my gosh, my husband's going to love that. My husband, (laughs) he cooks like a scientist and he measures every single thing. And if he's doubling recipe, he'll sit and like write out all the math. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. All right. That's awesome. I didn't even know that. That's great. Yeah. Okay. That's a good one. All right. Um, Ariane, you wanted to talk about mailbox app for Gmail. And I actually don't use Gmail, so I don't have the opportunity to play with this one. Mailbox. I use Gmail for my personal email, not my work email, but I find that my personal email is where I get newsletters and stuff that I maybe am not going to be answering. And that's where it really piles up. And that's where I also get notices from my kids' school and stuff I need to do later that's not important. And with Mailbox, when you're on your phone, you can just swipe left, swipe right, and you can archive things. And just one little swipe will change it to next week. You can say, I want to see it on the weekend, or I want to see it in a month, and things just go away. (laughs) And then you have this lovely, clear inbox, and then things come back when they actually matter. Like if, for instance, I have a parent-teacher conference, I can just swipe the reminder away until I actually need it. So that totally cleared out my personal inbox. And I love it. Oh, that is good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have, I will say I do have inbox zero every day. I I know it's crazy, but I do. I can't go to sleep at night unless I go through every single email and just make sure, like I have to do something with every single one. Um, it makes me Me crazy. It gives me a little itch if the stuff is sitting there. It's just like swatting flies with mailbox. It's very fun. Yeah. 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 But my email now is really out of control. So, I mean, I, it's a lot every day. So, um, I wish I had Gmail, but no, 
Um, okay, so Alicia, we're back up to you, and you wanted to talk. Um, I might tr- uh, skip around a little bit, but um, you wanted to talk. Let's talk about this blog, The Noisy Plume. I checked it out a little bit, and I see why you like it. So you said you've been reading it for years, and it's one of your favorite blogs. It is. I just, it's written by a woman who lives in, I think, rural Idaho, although I think they move around a lot. And she's um, just the most incredible person. Her photographs, first of all, are mind-blowing. I don't even know how she gets them. And she takes a lot of amazing self-portraits when she's out in the wilderness as well. Um, But she just does lots of interesting things out in the wilderness in Idaho. She's a wonderful writer. Um, I, I, I can't say enough about her blog. I just think it's the most beautiful, one of the most beautiful places on the internet. It's gorgeous. All right. So people who read your blog, do you think that there would be a big crossover? Like, would they like it too? Um, it's, it's super outdoorsy. She is a jewelry designer, a wonderful jewelry designer. Um, the aesthetic is very, very different. We have really different aesthetics, but I used to live in Montana. I have dreams of, um, you know, living the lifestyle that she has, though I never will. And it's probably the polar opposite of the one that I'm living right now. But, you know, if you have, um, if you have any sort of wanderlust for living, you know, out out (laughs) in the mountains and, um, you know, hiking and fishing and, um, hanging around with your dogs. And she spends a lot of time alone too. So, uh, I, I feel like we're kind of kindred introvert, introvert spirits. Um, if, if you like any of those things, you'll probably <laughs> like it, but even if you don't, you should check it out anyway, cause she might inspire you, um, to like them. It's really quite amazing. Um, that sounds good. Yeah. I looked at it this morning and I was like, wow, this is beautiful. What a mm-hmm. life. Yeah. Totally different, yeah. completely different from my suburban Boston life. Um, yeah. For sure. So um, that's a good one too. And Ari, um, Ariane, you wanted to talk about Mama's Sauce. Is this where you printed your recent, like I know you got some beautiful new um, yes. like stationery and marketing materials for Aolidia. Is this where you got them printed at Mama's Sauce? Yes. So I have spent the last year putting my money where my mouth is <laughs> and actually doing all the stuff I tell everybody else to do. So we finally designed our first real logo this year after 10 years in business. And we've got the most beautiful business cards printed from Mama Sauce with gold foil and thick stock and die-cut corners. And it's all, like, super luscious and scrumptious. Um, And anyway, we have been amazed with everything they've been printing for us. It's all super luxurious and boutique-y and fancy. And their customer service is great. And we have been enjoying the whole process. Okay. So every time I cringe about placing an order and how much it's going to cost me, then the package comes in the mail and I'm like, oh, that was so worth it. <laughs> awesome. That sounds great. Um, it's always good to know where to go to get beautiful things printed. And it's hard when you're online and you're looking at different websites to pick which one is the right one. So a personal yeah. recommendation like that is really valuable. Um, all right. And so we each, we have time for one more, uh, Alicia, I think maybe we'll do the book that you recommended called cider with Rosie. Cause it just looks so good. Oh, um, yeah. It, you know, it's just, I don't know that much about the author himself. I don't know that much about the book other than the fact that I read it last year and I read it in the autumn. I think it's a great autumn book. 
Um, it's about his, it's an autobiography um, about his childhood growing up in rural England. I don't even know what, I'll just say several decades ago, <laughs> I'm not sure exactly when, um, but it's just this lovely evocative um, portrait of village life in rural England. Um, I think it's just after World War One. actually, is when he's a child there. And it's cozy and funny and sad and all, all the things that make a book really great and a really good read. And as I was reading it, I just, it was a page turner for me. I, I didn't want it to end. It was really nice. It sounds terrific. So good, good fall read recommendation. Um, and Ariane, we it's have, a great book. Yeah. Ariane, we have time for yeah. one more from you and let's go with your <laughs> MacBook air because, um, in my house, we have one desktop computer and that's the only computer we have. And, um, my kids are 10, eight and three. And now it's really becoming an issue because they have schoolwork to do. And, uh-huh. um, they also want to play Minecraft all the time on my computer <laughs> and my business has become, much more serious than it was, you know, even a few years ago. And so, um, mama's got a business to run. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And so we have like this conflict because we only have one computer. So this weekend I'm actually going finally to buy a laptop and I'm getting a MacBook air. So Uh, (laughs) tell me about, uh I have always used a PC and I've had a laptop for the last, I don't know, many, many years because I like to just sit on the couch or move to a different room or whatever. So I haven't used a desktop in ages. Um, but I've been using PCs, and they always have been frustrating me with that blue screen of death, which you may be familiar with, and various other little quirks. And then um, I had got my iPhone, and that was all pretty fun and easy to use. And then I got the iPad, and that was also cool. And then when I realized that those two things could speak to each other and my computer was being left out. I was like, maybe it's time for the MacBook. And I thought it was going to be hard to switch from a PC to a Mac because of all the little shortcuts that my fingers have just like, that's muscle memory to me now. I thought it was going to be all kinds of trouble, but it was such a smooth transition and it was easy and it was lovely. And this thing never freaks out on me like my old computers always did. And I can seriously just like finish writing something on the MacBook and then five minutes later pick up the iPad and keep going and it's made it so I can work from anywhere if I need to, or I can check in on little emergencies as they pop up. But it's been so nice having everything all just like a beautiful personal home cloud, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I do have an iPhone and we do have an iPad, I should say. So I will be living that dream pretty soon, having them all yeah, talk to each other. Yeah, it's a good dream. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so excited. And I feel like it's like the up at the website, it's like you spend so much time just dealing with your computer being a jerk to you that, and it's just like <laughs> sucking away your, your will to live. And now everything just works the way I want it to work. And so I've been feeling very good about it. <laughs> yeah, oh, totally. It's so worth it. Um, well, Ariane and Alicia, it's been great talking to you. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on the Walsh Apps podcast. Thank you, Abby. And it was Thanks, so nice to Abby, talk to you, Alicia. Nice um, to talk to you. Yeah. So, Ariane, where can we connect with you and with Aolidia online? Instagram is my new favorite hangout. I was, I've been pretty begrudging of social media outlets, but Instagram is the first one that I've actually enjoyed being on. So you can always hang out at our website and read our blog. And I have a newsletter where I talk about um, 
little businessy tips and advice and strange little business thoughts that went through my mind that people like to check out. And I'll let you know what blog posts have also been going on that week. Uh, so my blog is posy gets cozy, C O Z Y.com. And my website is just aliciapaulson.com. And I'm usually on my blog once, hopefully twice a week. Okay. Super. And everyone should go check out both of those sites. Cause that's, that's fantastic. So, um, so thank you so much, you guys. Uh, you've been listening to the Walshy Naps podcast. I'm Abby Glassenberg, and I invite you to visit my blog, walshynaps.com, where you'll find helpful information for creative entrepreneurs, as well as tutorials and patterns for making stuffed animals and dolls. And if you enjoy the show, tell a friend about it. Thank you so much. And I'll see you next time.